We ask these children if they know when to go to emergency and when there are other options. If you got in a car accident or like having trouble breathing, yeah. I would go to emergency if I had a really bad hockey skate cut on the neck. They're there to treat people that are really sick or really hurt. If you have an emergency or if you're not sure, we're here to help. Know your options. Call HealthLink at 811 or visit ahs.ca/options. On this modern manhood, I wanted to focus on a topic that was near to me, a subject that I faced and still face a great deal of hardship. Mind you, this hardship is very internal. Fat. It was a word that I was called when I was a kid, and a word that I still get called by myself. Because if I look closely, I'm old enough that no one calls me that to my face anymore. If they did, it would probably be behind my back, and maybe someone thinking about it. The people that would still call me this would do it as a form of endearment, so it doesn't bug me as much. My parents, they have this Spanish nickname. It really just means little piggy. As a name, I carried that throughout when I was a kid. It, I was called that when I was a kid by my uncles and aunts and family around me. But I know my parents love me and I'm so used to it now that it just passes by me like water from a duck. It doesn't bug me at all. It wasn't so much people calling me little piggy as it was the constant barrage of images and messaging of what it was to look like a man. And that I looked myself in the mirror and started to climb that matter of masculinity knowing full well it was going to be almost impossible to reach the top. So I wanted to focus this episode not as a therapy session for myself, but to examine why as men we're very obsessed with not being fat. And the mental gymnastics people do to justify insulting people who are fat and then maybe insult themselves. This is modern manhood. Modern Manhood is brought to you by Next Gen Men and the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. If you want to support Next Gen Men in redefining and undefining what it means to be a man, you can become a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash nextgenmen. Your contributions support the promotion of positive masculinities, healthy relationships, and gender equity among the next generation of men. Again, you can do that at www.patreon.com slash nextgenmen. once in elementary school, I was driving with my mom and one of my good friends who lives in the neighborhood and she dropped her off. And then my mom was like, you know, she's got such beautiful long legs. The boys are really going to like her. Okay, cool, cool. I'll just go like seek out some other short legged women. You know, if like partnerships not in the cards for us, we can just like, let's pack it all in now. You know what I mean? Why not even get to middle school if we're not even going to be loved by boys? Fat. Let's talk about the language piece. Talking about people being fat, we're going to hit on some statements that a lot of people may have differing in opinions on, but I think helps form the crux of this argument. Number one, being fat is unhealthy. Number two, being fat is ugly. Number three, being fat is shameful. I would say all three of these statements work within each other to create someone's view of fat people. 
For example, the people who believe that fat is shameful believe it because they think it's unhealthy and it's ugly. Or the people who believe that fat is ugly, it's because they think it's unhealthy and it's shameful. Or the people who believe that fat is unhealthy might think so because they believe it's ugly and it's shameful. This may be the context and the subtext of their words and their phrases. But I want to dig into the root of these statements. At the very least, why would someone think this? At the very least, why would someone who believes in dominant masculinity say this to someone? Let's start with the first one. Being fat is unhealthy. This is probably the most controversial because I think it's the most misunderstood. Since maybe World War II, since we have all these choices for food we eat and the increase of fast food, people who are overweight and obese have skyrocketed. So since that time, we have associated weight and health as synonymous. This is something that is finally changing with modern science and modern medicine and being, you know, a little more complex of what we think of as health. From the Huffington Post article, everything you know about obesity is wrong. I quote, Yes, nearly every population level study finds that fat people have worse cardiovascular health than thin people. But individuals are not averages. Studies have found that anywhere from one-third to three-quarters of people classified as obese are metabolically healthy. They show no signs of elevated blood pressure, insulin resistance, or high cholesterol. Meanwhile, about a quarter of non-overweight people are what epidemiologists call the, quote, the lean unhealthy. A 2016 study that followed participants for an average of 19 years found that unfit skinny people were, were twice as likely to get diabetes as fit fat people. Habits, no matter your size, are what really matter. Dozens of indicators from vegetable consumption to regular exercise to grip strength provide a better snapshot of someone's health than looking at someone from across the room. End quote. And it's funny because habits are the ones that are harder to break when you know you're poor or you're depressed or your physical and mental health are being compromised. There has definitely been studies that show that the link of obesity and poverty are are very close. The diet industry that exploded in the 50s and the 60s is predicated on the fact that you have money to sustain it. So thinking that fat is unhealthy is frankly too elementary. It's like saying someone, life is hard. Yeah, it's true, but there's a lot more to it, and not everyone's life is hard. Kind of funny when we talk about issues in modern manhood, I bring it back to saying that things are a lot more complex than it seems to be. Yet this idea that being fat equals unhealthy persists. I know this because I have faced it. Being fat isn't a birth defect. Nobody comes out of the womb needing to buy two seats on the airplane. (laughs) We have gone to this weird place where fat is good. It's pointing out that fat is unhealthy. That's what's bad. Fat shaming doesn't need to end. Needs to make a comeback. (laughs) Some amount of shame is good. I've been a bigger guy all my life. Compared to my classmates, my peers, I was the fat kid. Although looking back at those pictures, I don't think I was that big, but I felt big. I felt big because there was concern about my weight, about how much I ate, and about how much I grew. 
My parents cared about my weight, but weren't as concerned as was the other people around me. You know, they looked at my chest or my guts and then they said, that ain't for me. My habits, though, back in the mid-2000s when I was working in retail and my shift work did not make it easy for me to be healthy. I was probably at my biggest around that time. So I forced myself to be healthy when I went to another doctor um, who said nothing about my weight, but mentioned that my blood pressure was too high and that my family's history of diabetes was worrying. And in little words, she mentioned that you need to change your habits. And I did. I forced it right into my world. I dropped 40 pounds just by cutting back soda and drank more water and went running more often. You know, I, I watched my calories religiously. And then I dropped. I dropped so many pounds. Although, at the same time, I only ate one meal, one type of meal anyways. It was chicken and steamed veggies. And I ate a lot of almonds. A chicken and steamed veggies with hot sauce. It sucked. My lack of variety in my diet probably wasn't the best for me either. I'm sure I wasn't getting the right vitamins or the right thing for my body. But in the end, it didn't matter because I was getting compliments from everybody. Especially guys. Because the unhealthy thing is the justification to getting to one of the deep-rooted issues around fatness. The idea that fatness equals ugliness. LitFest, Canada's original non-fiction festival, runs from October 17th to the 27th in Edmonton. Venues across the city will play host to authors and presenters from home and afar, giving their perspectives on true crime, historic mysteries, gender identity, mental health, food culture, and many topics in between. If you're going to LitFest and you definitely should, it's one of my favorite Edmonton festivals. You should definitely go on October 21st. It's election night and you, you really probably won't want like something else to watch, maybe. Because <laughs> Dave Cornier of the Dayberta Podcast, an Alberta Podcast Network favorite here, moderates a discussion with Humble the Poet, ah, awesome, Kai Chang Tom, and Ayelet Sabari, and Amy McKay. Then they're going to watch the federal election results roll in on the big screen in Metro Cinema. So if you're feeling anxiety over the election, maybe you should want to do that together. It's probably a good night to do it. You can also see the full list of presenters at litfestalberta.org. So at litfestalberta.org. There's also a pre-festival series called Author Pods coming from October 3rd to the 5th. If you will have, you know, a podcast connection, because obviously you love podcasts, I love podcasts. You should definitely check out Author Pods. The festival passes are unfortunately they're sold out, but you can get tickets to individual events again at litfestalberta.org. And she's a nice person. I've known her over the years, and she's really a nice person. And she's gotten a little bit large. I would say this. I don't think you should dress like you weigh 120 pounds. No, why not? But why not? She feels good about herself. Well, I think that's great. If she feels good about herself, AJ, do it, Kim. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account Only Rosie several- O'Donnell. <laughs> If I were running The View, I'd fire Rosie. I mean, I'd look her right in that fat, ugly face of hers. I'd say, Rosie, you're fired. Look at that face. Would anyone vote for that? Can you imagine that, the face of our next president? Probably I did say something like that about Carl. I'm talking about persona. I'm not talking about look. I'm not eating Oreos anymore. You know that. 
But neither is Chris. You're not eating Oreos anymore. No more Oreos for either of us, Chris. Don't feel bad for either of us. I have never seen a human being eat in such a disgusting fashion. You ever see it? He's eating today, stuffing it. I never saw. This guy takes a pancake and he's shoving it in his mouth. Either. You know, it's, it's amazing. I mentioned food stamps and that guy who's seriously overweight went crazy. He went crazy. Amazing. There was a time long ago, where we thought being big was a sign of wealth and health. It meant that you were not going to starve or die of scurvy or cholera or whatever, even though everyone back then died of cholera or scurvy or whatever. Nevertheless, the idea existed, but then it changed. Why? How did fat people become ugly? Specifically for men, we're stuck with this idea that beauty comes from your body, how your body looks, and how many muscles you have. The lack of any of these traits would lead someone to think that this person is less of a man. As a young man, I definitely felt that I was less of a man because I didn't have these traits like muscles. Even though, like I mentioned before, I, I think I looked alright. The thing is, as well, almost everything that was considered unmanly in the physical sense of the word was brought down to two descriptors, fat and ugly. Looking deep at this, you can surmise that this idea didn't just come out of nothing, you know, in the 90s when I was in elementary. It's been years and generations of society accepting that muscles means good looks. And it comes down to the idea that working hard is good, no matter what the cost. Does this sound familiar? I've talked about this before. <laughs> it's embedded into our idea of dominant masculinity. That we are the providers, that we are the source of income, that we're the source of support, and if we're not that, we are less of a man. And back then, the source of provision was into how much physical labor we would put into our lives. Now, this idea has persisted through generations, and the media, through radio, TV, movies, and now videos and Instagram, just tagged along and exaggerated, as the media does. The media doesn't create society so much as exaggerate it. Even though machines have basically taken over this physical labor that we had before. You know, we're not building bridges with our bare hands anymore. The ideal man is still the one who gets in there with dirty hands, lifting things, and builds. This is related to muscles and to, quote-unquote, health. Now, obviously, if you've been paying attention that this is a type of man, it's just one type of masculinity. But this is the ideal for a lot of people. We just have to ask ourselves... Why? Why does the muscled man, the so-called healthy man, the one that is desired, especially since in the modern world, there are many ways to show your worth. There's no way we can point to evolution and our caveman life for this. Because like I mentioned before, fatter men were considered the healthier ones back then. Societal shifts have changed that, and that means we can change it again. I too have felt ugly. I felt it when I looked at pictures and saw the loose skin or just a gut. When I looked at myself without a shirt off or especially when I was in the dating game, I thought it was my best looking when I was at my skinniest. The biggest critic was myself. It's interesting because I would wager that the majority of people have felt this way too, that they have felt that they have been too fat 
or even other ways to skinny. I don't think I'm an outlier. I, I think I'm the control group. You know, and this, this fat shaming thing that people love to say now is it, it completely alleviates any responsibility you have for your own physical shape. It's like they want to they want to take it out of the equation that that social aspect of being fat like there's a reason for it. The reason for it is it's not healthy for you. There's the girl. If you look at that picture up there, what's your excuse? Yeah. But there, there's a reason why that exists is because people see what you're doing and they don't like the way it looks on you because they're scared of it being on them. Yep. When someone sees a, a morbidly obese person, the reason why they're staring is not because they're trying to shame that person. It's a, a natural freak out. Your body recognizes, oh shit, that's possible too. I could do that. God damn, I better not do that. I don't want to do that. That guy looks, that looks awful. Oh my God, that guy's going to die. That's not fat shaming. That's a natural thing that people do where they recognize success and failure in their environment. And that success and failure is as much social success and failure as it is physiological health. If you see someone that's super unhealthy, coughing and smoking yeah. a cigarette, ew, that feeling is not cigarette smoking shaming, okay? That feeling is you're recognizing that someone is doing something incredibly unhealthy and that possibility exists for you too. Joe Rogan, in his little mental gymnastics he does to justify fat shaming accidentally really hits on something profound people are fearful of being fat it's a phobia just like Islamophobia and homophobia the fear of a people that are as complex diverse just like everyone else the fear is what makes people want to shame them and that's how we get to our last point of contention being fat is shameful there's a long history of people being shunned by society for being fat. Famed fashionista Karl Lagerfeld, who recently passed away, has a problem of fat-shaming models. In a Vox article titled, Karl Lagerfeld's Long History of Disparaging Fat Women, it is mentioned that he says, quote, The hole in social security is also due to all the diseases caught by pe people who are too fat. He said on a French television program in 2013, when asked by Channel 4 in 2012 whether he had a responsibility to hire models who don't appear to be unhealthily underweight, he said, quote, there are less than 1% of anorexic girls, but they are, in France, I don't know, in England, over 30% of girls who are big, big, overweight, and that is much more dangerous and very bad for the health. So I think today with the junk food in front of the TV, it's something dangerous for the health of the girl. The models are skinny, but they're not that skinny. All the new girls are not that skinny. Now, keep in mind, Karl Lagerfeld was a gatekeeper to what we think of as beautiful. It is no coincidence we people who are fat are made to feel shamed. James Corden, whose speech on fat shaming was the impetus for this episode, said it best. So surprising that he or anybody thinks that fat shaming needs to make a comeback because fat shaming never went anywhere. I mean, ask literally any fat person. We are reminded of it all the time. If you feel fat, society does not allow you to escape that shame. For example, this year in July in Edmonton, in my hometown, there was a sign from a community league, a community league, think about this, advertising an exercise class that said, Quote, tired of being fat and ugly? Hit the gym and just be ugly. 
Now, this sign is just a part of the vast messaging that society gives everyone that fat is not just something to be worked on, but you should feel shame for being fat. Shame is the worst influencer, by the way. And as you know, when men feel shame, they tend to do some toxic things like shut down, react aggressively, or deflect. The biggest deflector that I had noticed is the other accepted way to be a man. It has to be funny. And being funny and fat is a major man trope. Richard, is this your coat? <laughs> Don't do it. Fat guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little coat. Don't. <laughs> Fat guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little coat. But this trope only increases the shame of it because it creates this idea that being fat is funny. It's not just being funny. It's just that you're making fun of the fatness and the fatness is something to ridicule. Fatness is absurd. Fatness is not normal and fatness is not manly. So being fat is shameful and probably the most real of these statements that I just mentioned. I broke down before because of my perceived fatness. I've wondered if I was good enough as a man because of it. My classmates shamed, my family sometimes shamed me, and the whole world shamed me. A lack of shame is not the issue here. If making fun of fat people made them lose weight, there'd be no fat kids in schools, and I'd have a six-pack by now. Fortunately, it's the one thing we as a society can change. You know, multiple masculinities is a way of understanding and accepting many ways to be a man. Multiple masculinities will also mention that looking fat is another way to be a man. Multiple masculinities also mention that there are many ways to be healthy and to be beautiful as a man. Once we accept the complex nature of manhood, we can accept many different male body types, many different types of values, and less shame for things that frankly, we shouldn't feel shame about. I still feel shame about my body every now and again. It's a personal journey to accept my body and be healthy in a way that's for my own good. That may include losing weight, but it will be done because of the way my body is, not because of some messaging that I'm hearing. Also, not because I want to fear more beautiful. I, I think I am beautiful. And I hope you feel that way too. All episodes of Modern Manhood are archived at modernmanhood.org. If you want to support Modern Manhood, you can go to patreon.com slash modernmanpod. Or you can check us out and Twitter or on Instagram at modernmanpod. My name is Ramon Vijegas, and we'll see you next time on Modern Manhood.